Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. I think generally, um, from what I see, that companies have, you know, privacy policies in place. Um, whether they're actually monitoring them and auditing them can sometimes be another matter. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Online and the GRC Professional Magazine. And once again, we have Bronwyn Gallisher from CCL Consultants. Hi, Bronwyn. How are Hi. you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So um, we'll try, you know, as usual, try to keep the conversation uh, brief, but try to make it, you know, stimulating and interesting. And I think I'm really reaching out to you because of, you know, the announcement we saw from ACCC who said they were commencing proceedings against Health Engine, um, who they they use consumer data without consent um, between, I think, the periods of April and June in 2018. But I guess what I'm really interested in is that conversation around consent and, you know, how can organizations use that data that they collect in consumers? And I guess what does consent look like? Um, so I guess if we... Yeah, sorry. You go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so if we could step away, I guess I, I just mentioned them as sort of launch into the topic, but I mean, if we could step away from them, I guess, how should consumer data be handled by organisations? Well, I think firstly, um, just maybe step, taking even a step back and really saying, um, you know, should, should, should organisations, and the answer is absolutely. Um, are they? Well, that will be dependent upon different organisations, but... Um, Certainly having a look at their management system and seeing how the issue of uh, privacy and consent is currently being handled in terms of consumer data and really having a look at the landscape and saying, so where are those touch points across the business where we're actually acquiring consumer data? Who is actually having access to that? Um, so is it electronic, is it hard copy, is it, pay, is it only limited to employees internally, if so who, um, is it being stored by a third party um, service provider, if so are they Australian based, are they based overseas, um, how are our contractual arrangements even with customers drafted as to what we're actually telling customers, what we're doing in terms of collection and potential dissemination of data and then what what is happening in reality in terms of our policies and procedures. So it's really going to be dependent in terms of what I call the um, growth of the organisation and how it develops its compliance management system is. So whether it has the processes, policies and procedures in place at the moment, yes or no. If it does, is it the case that they can go and monitor to see the, um, the success of that? And um, ideally have uh, third party audits, whether it be internal and external. And then you can obviously see that that's where we're putting up those lines of responsibility or lines of defence in terms of handling such matters. Right. And, and I mean, obviously, with the sort of the, the inquiry, the digital platform inquiry, which was released a couple of weeks ago, I mean, this is a I think there was a recommendation in there around this space as well. Um, but do you think, you know, all that stuff that you just mentioned, is this something that companies generally understand or is this still sort of like a nascent thing that people are now trying to figure out? I think generally, um, from what I see, is that companies have, you know, privacy policies in place. Um, whether they're actually monitoring them and auditing them can sometimes be another matter. Um, and I guess what this new, the new horizon, if I could call it, whereby consumers are um, not just necessarily filling out a form 
um, in a bricks and mortar location, but rather providing information by way of the internet. Yeah. And they might be disseminating that information to Australian-based companies who may be distributing it to other third parties and or alternatively they might be distributing that information to international-based companies but not really understand where their data is going, um, you know, assuming, i.e., that they're Australian-based. And when we look at international jurisdictions without going into the nitty-gritty of each jurisdiction, um, how privacy and consent is being handled across jurisdictions varies considerably. So that's really whereby, um, obviously, uh, if your organisation is internationally based, say, in the US, UK, Europe, um, Asia and Australia, um, identifying the fact that the legislative regimes differ quite considerably and needing to cater for the individual country-specific um, requirements mm-hmm. uh, in that regard. Right, right. Um, and I guess that, and then I guess that becomes more of an issue, especially when you're de- dealing with companies that, um, like a Facebook or a Google, who's operating um, sort of tr- outside of jurisdiction yeah. or multiple jurisdictions. Um, exactly, yeah. And that's the exact issue that was raised in the ACCC's report about when obviously parties are operating outside, um, where they're based is outside um, the jurisdiction. How can this be captured? Um, because the fact that they're in trade or commerce and they're engaging with these consumers means that it's not something that governments, whatever level they are and whatever country, we can turn a blind eye to. Rather, this is a pressing issue that really needs to be addressed and it's really like multi-jurisdictional. So obviously, you know, Australia can take a particular stance, but if we obviously see consistency with, say, the US, UK, European, Asian jurisdictions, that's where obviously greater clout can be put on these companies in terms of accountability. Yeah. And I think that's what, that sort of commentary that we've seen coming out yesterday with um, Rod Sims when he presented, I think, at the Melbourne Press Club about, um, you know, some of these larger corporates are a bit like, oh, well, you know, you're already in Australia, smaller country, smaller jurisdiction, not really a high priority, yeah. but the fact that they're really needing to take regard for the Australian laws that do exist because there is that legal liability there. Right, right. So just a question around the concept of consent. I mean, is there some sort of ambiguity around that word in the legal sense? Yeah, well, I mean, that really depends upon um, going back to particular case law and the consideration by our courts as to what may constitute um, consent. And obviously that may differ between whether we're talking about written consent, oral consent, um, dissemination of um, terms and conditions um, pertaining to consent. And um, I guess just on the the issue of consent, I think um, the health industry, uh, you know, is dealing with this issue of consent, right, and has appropriately by, um, you know, legal disclaimers, for example, if you go into a hospital and you have um, an operation or uh, medical procedures and that information needs to be disseminated back to your doctor, Mm. They seem to really be on top of that. But this case that the ACCC is running is quite an interesting case, by the way, because it's looking at a different platform, i.e. consumers getting informa- giving and, and uh, receiving information by way of um, online platforms. Yeah. So that's where the definition of consent as to where it happens when I find something on a piece of paper and a bricks and mortar outlet versus these online platforms. I think it's, a, it's an involving piece in that regard. Yeah. 
Um, and I guess, you know, back on that as well, I think one of the things that came out of that release um, was a quote um, by the, the chair, ACCC chairman, you know, said to businesses who are not upfront with how they will use consumer data may risk breaching the Australian consumer law and face action from the ACCC. And I was interested with that word may. Um, why would they, I mean, what, what are the circumstances that he's measuring up here about organizations, you know, not being upfront about using the data? Yeah, sure. So when he's saying may, that's really due to, um, I guess, respecting the position within our legal system in terms of the role of a regulatory agency versus that of the courts. So um, this is a really general, important point, I guess, I'd raise to members that um, regulators can raise allegations and uh, third parties like consumers and suppliers can raise allegations. But it's only ultimately up to a court of law to determine whether there has or hasn't been a breach of law. Um, and that's really why the ACCC might form a view that it may breach the law, but it's ultimately up to the courts based on the evidence put before the court whether it is or isn't a breach. Um, hence the reason for that sort of language rather than it is or it has uh, uh, in, in that way. Um, and I guess an additional comment I just kind of want to make around this um, health engine case is that what's quite interesting is that if you look at the time period from 30th of April 2014 to 30th of June 2018, that is quite a long period in which um, consumers and the ACCC is alleging 135,000 patients have been affected. So we're not talking about a short period of time where a small number of consumers have been impacted. Right quite a considerable, in my personal opinion, uh, without giving legal advice, uh, quite a considerable period of time upon which this has been going on and potentially a large scope, uh, large spreads of consumers that have been affected. Hence, that's why this matter fits into the ACCC's enforcement priorities because it wants to run matters where there's a wide range of consumers impacted, not individual one-on-one transactions. This matter... um, falls in clearly into the ACCC's enforcement priority areas, including the fact that it covers the Australian consumer law and privacy, which is a high priority area for the ACCC. Right, right. Well, last question at this point. Um, you know, with all that considered, all that we've said, um, do you have any advice? And you have been giving advice throughout, I mean, not legal advice, obviously, um, but what advice do you have for risk and compliance professionals, you know, who are trying to sort of just get their policies right around, um, you know, collection and the use of consumer data? Mm. So I think it goes back to the fact of having a look at your existing compliance management system, whether or not covering off in terms of your yearly strategic plans um, and also uh, longer term strategic plans about the issue of privacy and data and hence consent. Um, How you're dealing with that in terms of obtaining information from um, internal stakeholders, external stakeholders and vice versa um, and whether or not you have uh, third party suppliers involved in that process, i.e. whether there's contractual arrangements in place. And I think the need to look at your processes, policies and procedures, see whether they reflect the legislative requirements, whether you're monitoring that by way of consumer and supplier 
um, data by way of call centres or um, complaints handling systems to pick up on whether there may be potential privacy issues. Also, whether you're doing the appropriate reporting mechanism with by way of the privacy uh, commissioner, because mm-hmm. uh, obviously that's a, an important point if there is a need to uh, self-report. Um, when you self-report, when you don't, what are you doing in terms of any potential redress or compensation if that would be required as well, or whether it be by way of apology notices for customers? Because the important point is that, one, identif- whether you need to identify an issue, yes or no. Then if you have identified an issue, what are you doing? So what remedial steps are you putting in place to deal with the matter? And that's about compensation, consumer apologies, whether it's internal training, external training with third um, party service providers for your contract um, So there's quite a lot of um, touch points across the business and it's just looking at that landscape and making sure you've got those um, uh, covered off. All right, excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Bronwyn. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary.